Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. It was day one of a new job in a new town. Tony had taken a job at a local radio station in Broome in Western Australia and a tropical low pass had gone through and caused damage to buildings and businesses. And this was the moment Tony saw that regionally based businesses can often have issues with supplies and stock levels, issues around internet coverage, careers and all the extra costs that small businesses and large centres often don't need to manage. And she thought, I see opportunity. Many of the business owners she came into contact with were not only struggling with all those things, but also were not confident in how they use social media, both to market locally and to attract domestic tourists, which became very important when the international borders closed. So Tony launched Social Impact with a focus on delivering social media support, strategy and advice and training to regional business owners and has found there's been a huge demand for marketing training, understanding the needs of regional businesses. We spent this time talking through the benefits and drawbacks of operating a regionally based business and also talked about the epic skills Tony has on Instagram reels. Like I am going to put her Instagram in the show notes and you need to watch her reels because she does them like no one else. I've always had a huge passion for working with businesses and regions. Our business is officially in Auckland in New Zealand, uh, but we're in Ottawa, which is actually part of Rodney. We consider ourselves more regional than part of Auckland. And our Australian offices are in Wodonga in Victoria and in a rural regional area. So I've always had a huge passion for working with regions. I feel like businesses and regions often get ignored or overtaken by bigger businesses in city areas, especially marketing nationally. But there is a huge benefit to marketing locally in your regions and also using that as a base to grow a national or an international brand. So this is a podcast that is dear to my heart and I loved talking to Tony. So let's get listening to her. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Map It Marketing. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is your first session, I have a treat for you because this person is one of my very favorite people to watch on Reels because she does transitions like no other. I don't do transitions on Reels unless it's computer generated, but she is magic, magic. Um, so I'm going to just pull in and, and talk to Tony in a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what we're going to talk about first. We're going to focus on talking about what it's like to run a business from a regional area because Tony, I live in, in the Hibiscus Coast, north of Auckland, so I'm in a smaller area, although we do count us as Aucklanders. We don't like to say we are all the time. And Tony lives in Broome, which is in Western Australia. That's right, Tony, right? Yep. Yep, very far been, up in the northwest. And you guys have been COVID free for how long? In WA, right? well, in Broome since the very first outbreak. We had the we had 17 here, which was the highest number in a regional town in WA. And then after the original lockdown, we haven't had it come here. So it's been, yeah, a very different, different twelve like 24 months for us, nearly yeah. 24 months. <laughs> So we kind of had that taste of that in New Zealand last year, but it's all yeah. gone now. So um, so I, I sit there and get very jealous and sometimes think, why is Tony getting to hang out with people so close and close? close to <laughs> that she's allowed to. Um, but Tony's going to introduce herself very soon, but I will just say her Instagram is called, is it at Social Project? It's at team social project the Instagram yeah 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 and I really want you guys if you've never ever thought about how to do reels I want you to go and see her reels because she is the transition queen and she teaches you how to do some of those transitions as well yes thank you so Tony introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you and what you do with social project so I'm Tony. I have Social Project, which of course you just said based in Broome in uh, Western Australia, but we will work with businesses everywhere. Um, I saw an issue here where regional businesses felt they didn't have services that completely understood them, saw a niche in the market, jumped in there, 
the pandemic hit was actually in the right industry for when that hit. So yeah, ever since just been upskilling regional business owners, making them feel confident about their message, making them feel confident about being themselves, which is I think why we resonate quite well with each other and all of that jazz. And so it's been great. We've worked with so many businesses, be them here in Broome or throughout Australia. And yeah, so that's our main mission make everyone feel like it's not a stressful place. It's a place to be social with your customers and, you know, have a bit of fun. Because I do think there is quite a big difference between regional and being a city-based business. Um, In the previous week's podcast, yeah. um, we talked with Chanel and she's got a meadery business, which is really cool. It's a sparkling yep. Um, but she's based in Glenorchy, which is in the South Island, and like there's hardly anyone there. And, and but a distribution center has to be in Auckland because trying to get that movement is really yeah. hard in terms of freight and things like that. There are challenges for regional businesses, aren't there? That city people or city businesses don't necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Pay. Absolutely. It's, you know, anything from, you know, delivery times to just the lack of accessibility to whether that is to, um, you know, components to make a product or to services to make you feel like, you know, you can upskill your business or whatever that may be. There is a lot of things there that the metro businesses don't think about when thinking like what a regional business would have to kind of deal with. I mean, before I moved here, I thought I had a pretty good idea because I'd been coming up into this region to do business. And then I started working. Um, the region. I, the reason I moved here was to work for the local radio station, marketing and advertising. I saw a job opportunity. I thought, why not? Sunny broom, give it to me. So, you know, came up and then... I actually came in the wet season and on my first day was a tropical low pass through the town. So, you know, trees were uprooted, some roofs were ripped off buildings in businesses. So my second day on the job was like going around and seeing the carnage and you suddenly realise, like, hold on a second, like some of the building materials to repair these businesses have to come up from Perth and the roads flooded. So they had to float them in on a barge from another town. (laughs) like it was it was like a really big like boom this is this is what these people actually have to deal with and that's why I like working with regional business owners I find they're just super resilient they will get knocked down every time and just get back up stronger and bigger than they were before so you know it's oh there's there's a multitude of things that they have to, you know, that they deal with up here. And it's very eye-opening and it's good to feel like I'm on a level where I understand what they're going through. Because when we are doing training, we are doing coaching, they know I'm coming from a place that's them, you know, not someone else in, you know, that doesn't understand what's going on. Because there's two things here, isn't there? There's there's one one thing, which is businesses that work in the region yeah. And they're only marketing to the region. And there's this, we can talk about that because there's actually some complications. It's it's actually, it's very important to have relationship-based marketing, for example, with those. And if you're not a great networker or don't want to have to go to those things, that can be quite hard. And then there's yeah. the other side where you are in a regional business and you want to have a national brand and trying yeah. to get the idea and try to do that without having to necessarily pretend that you're in um, another city, another biggest Yeah. I like that you brought that up actually because one thing I find that the pandemic has done, which is crazy, and it's crazy that it took a pandemic for people to realise this, (laughs) that there was people behind small business. There's people and families, especially behind these regional businesses. They're what is keeping the economy afloat. And where I once had clients that were like, we want to have, you know, we want to sell our, um, you know, fashion items to America or to New Zealand, places in Asia. So we don't like to talk that we're from, you know, Broome or whatever town too much because we don't want them to see us as a small business. Now that's kind of done a 180 because people want to hashtag buy from the bush. So, you know, and so now... Yeah, and now people are like, oh, what? That's a business from Broome. I'm going to buy from, you know what I mean? Or a business from Karatha. I want to buy from them because these businesses hold regional WA or regional Australia, regional New Zealand, wherever. They hold them together. So it's funny that that, that's kind of changed and a weird benefit of the pandemic. Yeah, because when I first started doing marketing um, as a strategist, and it was probably about 12 years ago now, 
Um, I used to do these strategist, strategy things and I'd say, what makes you different to businesses? And honestly, when they would say to me, I'm family owned and operated or I'm locally owned and operated, I'd be like, yawn, oh, that's so boring. And now I say, yes, that's what I want you to say. Yes. It's become so important because like, I don't know, I, I don't know for you, I, I have heard there's big courier issues in Australia just generally from oh, yeah. lines. Like in the moment in Auckland and lockdown, something that would normally take overnight is now taking us seven days to get here. But if you want yeah. to go and get something from the rest of the country or from Australia, it's going to take a lot longer. So that buying local, that, that buying hyper-local has become more important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, like when everything was happening, I mean, we were fortunate enough to not be suit. But having said that, Broome is a tourism town. So when the pandemic hit, like their lifeline was never tourists from WA. People from Western Australia were not interested in coming to Broome, which is crazy. It's crazy. But they wanted to go, you know, Bali, whatever. It's cheap. It was cheaper. Um, and so when the pandemic hit this town, like, you know, there's, God, over 50% of businesses, but then all of the businesses are, are technically a tourism business because a lot of their trade is tourism, like tourists. And so it kind of went into this whole like, oh, my God, like because Western Australians don't want to come here. So and then suddenly it's flipped around and we had 75,000 people here in the dry season this year. I <laughs> couldn't get a park. <laughs> like, And it's been <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting what is it, 20 months? It's been, yeah. What are we looking at? About 20 months. Yeah. But then I feel like I'm quite glad I was in the position I was in, even though that sounds crazy, launching this brand a month before the pandemic. But I've enjoyed being there to, to just support all the, because I think in a small town you actually see the faces of the people who are suffering more so than in a city when it hit. Yeah. So with- You knew someone. You oh, knew someone whose yeah. business was like, you know, against the wall. And yeah. then you're just like, oh, crap. Like, you know, you knew literally could count on both hands and feet plus more people because you're in a small town and everyone knows everyone, especially yeah, in the business community. I think so. You do, um, like I know, because we're currently in this lockdown and we've had, like our lockdowns are hard. So we're currently in level three. And during the level three lockdown, we're allowed to get takeaways, but restaurants aren't open. Mm. And... Um, you know, we, we're we consciously picking and choosing and going, hey, we need to go and support this business because we haven't we haven't been able to go there for four months or and actually thinking about things. And I know that for me, like I there's a lot of Australia, I, I tend to buy my clothes from Australia. There's lots of Australian designers I like, and, and I'm still occasionally buying those, but I'm trying to find New Zealand alternatives because I know that actually if I can buy local or buy that, I do think that. One of the weird things that's happened during this pandemic stage is um, we've become a bit more locally based or nationally based um, in terms of pride in a lovely way that I suspect will disappear as soon as the borders reopen, but it's been really lovely to see it. Yeah. I don't know if it will disappear. I think it's been a big reality check for some people. I think for those of us that have always worked with small business, like even I have a background that involves being a sales rep in the liquor industry. And so I was dealing with small business then because I was selling to independent bars and bottle shops, never like the commercially owned big brands. Um, And I think we've always been aware of the people behind. And then suddenly when people were on TV on their knees in a line at Centrelink saying, you know, I've owned a cafe in Melbourne for 30 years, like, you know, and it's been completely fruitful and now the whole world has been ripped out from under me everyone was like boom like it just so I'm hoping it doesn't disappear I'm kind of hoping this new wave of like will will keep momentum but then that's also about these regional businesses staying quite vocal and visible which they have been I think in the last you know 18 or so months because no one else had a choice you just had to be I think and I think that I do also hope that it'll maintain because I think that, you know, one of the things I would love to see is, did you find that with your regional businesses that one of the big shifts has been that they've become more digital? Like they've moved yeah. on. Because a lot of local businesses often don't have a, a website. Like they often, if they're regionally based, if they're in a town, they don't have a website. Yeah. They don't know how to use Facebook or social media at all. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So 
there were businesses up here that were always so keen to to really get into social media or ones that already were. But when the pandemic hit, the ones that were like, oh, well, we don't really need that because, you know, I've got my market stall that sells loads of products every Saturday and Sunday. So I don't really need to be on social media because yeah, I'm happy yeah. with what I have. I think what it's done as well is it's made people realise you can have that or your successful restaurant or your shop or your boutique in town, but you can also have that second revenue stream that is coming through from a wider market that now have realised people run these businesses so they want to support them. So it's been, I've got a client that did really well during the pandemic and she was a market stall holder. She always wanted to get more into social media. So when pandemic hit she was like now is my time to shine and we were working together and she was making sales every day of the week there at one point and there was no markets for months and she was stuck in Tasmania I couldn't even get back here so you know and she's kept her business operating and I think like it also inspired other people to watch what she was doing and go oh hold on a sec I can also do that and it's been a really really cool thing to watch because websites have improved people have jazzed up their logos suddenly it's um <laughs> it was like a time of like rebirth I think I for think some of these so. businesses yeah because suddenly the way it's always been is just not the way it's going to be I think you know I think there's also been like, because I have a few clients who are in their 50s, 60s, and I think some of them have really struggled with the jump of technology. Like, I do think that um, one of the things I think is hardest for business owners still to get, and it's so important, especially in these regional areas, is that in in person, if you if you're in town, like I've I've my um, we've got a local deli. My favorite thing in the week at the moment is to go out with my mask on and say, oh, you know, have a little wee chat across the, the table as she gets my stuff. Yeah. But that face-to-face contact, you can't have that necessarily during a COVID world. Like you can't have that. Yeah. And I think that they understand that when they're seeing their customers, but that idea that you've got to do that online is quite a big Yeah. Thing. Daunting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, daunting. I think um people I think the problem is people overthink it a lot as well Mm. like with 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 going on because it's like I don't know I think it's it's the same as a fear of public speaking almost in some ways don't you think as well but it's like yeah I find the people that try to force themselves into it too hard though are the ones that really get a bit like oh but I find ones that ease them into it it has been a challenge for most but I've seen some of the clients I have in their 50s and 60s are the ones that have shone the hardest because suddenly they've gone I'm 50 plus like I give zero whatevers and this is me you know take it or leave it and they're killing it there's this fear but once you start doing it like I get yeah. I get um things from clients they're like you lied and I'm like what's going on they're like you know you said that no one would watch my story but people are watching and buying people my watching <laughs> yeah 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 I think once people take a little plunge just dip the toe in slightly and then they see the result be it massive or be it small depending on how much they dip the toe in and then that gives them the kind of confidence to go on but I think what is good is that Although once upon a time, certain age brackets were like, oh, I don't want to go on that because, you know, like, and I was like that with TikTok and I was like, oh, I'm in my 30s, I can't right be TikTok. on TikTok. And now I enjoy, now I enjoy being there. But I feel also we have all, you, you gravitate towards your tribe on there eventually and it becomes, that's what your feed is made of, you know, like anything on social media. But I think where once upon a time people are like, oh, I can't, do that because I, you know, it's just like I'm, I act professional. I can't be on something like social media. They saw business owners that they re- resonated with. So there were, you know, leaders in each bracket in all industries that went, you know what, bugger it. This is, I want my business to survive. So I'm doing it. And there's been so many people that have inspired the masses. It's been quite, yeah. The small business community online has been really supportive of each other through this. And I think that's important. Do you feel like um, with regional business, what what do you think would be some of the benefits of having a business regionally as opposed to being in the city? Yeah, see, I was thinking about this actually earlier today. Like, although there are those things, you know, all the delivery time, et cetera, et cetera, lack of access to services, there's also a lot of opportunity in regional areas. Like, 
I know that this town is not exactly the same as all towns, but there is so many small business owners here. It's actually crazy. Mm. Um, And I think it's also being involved with them in my original role with the radio doing marketing and stuff. I, it, they probably inspired me to be like, you know what, I want to be in on that, like actually in on it, not just helping them, but helping them while in on it. That's what I want to do. So I thought the entrepreneurs in this region inspired me to go back to being an entrepreneur and realize that my passion was in social media and helping businesses do that. Because suddenly when you have businesses say to you, like, I'm there to sell something else, but they go, oh, you know, what's really driving us crazy is social media. And I'm like, oh, this comes so easy to me. So, you know, I took the jump, I did it and I got a lot of business from clients because I listened to what they wanted and did it. So there's so much opportunity up here. People are going for it in regional areas and I think it's awesome. Like I, me, myself, the opportunities that I get up here, I get to MC at some of the biggest events that happen in Broome. Like, you know, I MC um, the races up here and the fashions on the field MC every week and that season was huge this year and then I do a lot of work with Shinju I MC for Willie Creek Pearls at their event I do the finale for the festival which is you know 5,000 people and in Perth like which isn't even Sydney or Melbourne there's that much competition for that sort of role you just don't get that sort of opportunity like I do here and it's Mm -hmm. like I feel incredibly blessed to be in a place where I can do all these little things that I love and there's so much opportunity for it. Like regional, yeah, regional areas, I think think people underestimate them. Yeah, because I think that that's one of the things about being in a regional area is that because there's less there's less competition, you have an opportunity to to be as when you're a star in the field of where you are, it helps yeah. me that I can you can take that star power and place it in a bigger area, even if you still yeah. Right, because you've had that. You get you can get so much experience up here. Like you know, there are there are young, like completely flipped, but young tradies in this town and stuff that get given opportunities for training and to work on projects that in the city would only be given to you know. And they get this experience. It inspires them to start their own businesses themselves, and they all have a flourishing. You know, it's just. It's a really interesting cycle of life up here in a, in a regional area and it's amazing. Another example is there's a community group here, Broom Pride. They've been doing Mardi Gras for the last, you know, awesome. seven to eight years. It's gone from being a small little party in the local nightclub to selling out in uh, 38 seconds for their cabaret event last year and a minute 30 for the dance party with two planes coming up from Perth next year. And it's like... Like it's amazing. It's it's just amazing. Like the things that you can do in regional markets. Like people should really kind of consider, you know, working with them a bit more because there is there's a lot of opportunity. I think that's really true. We, we run a course. Uh, we have. We're not going to do it next year because of COVID. But um, for a few years we were running a course all around New Zealand, and it was really interesting. In Auckland, which is our biggest area. Um, I would get lots of people registering for it, but it was expensive to get people registering for it. Yeah. Over half of them wouldn't bother turning up on the day because there's so much competition here for free events. But if I went somewhere else, um, like Taranaki or um, or Christ, uh, uh, some South Island or some of the other areas, there'd be like these crowded rooms because yeah. we're the only one going into those spaces. And I do think that often people who live in cities actually forget that there's these huge markets also that you can market oh. to. And regional, if you support regional area businesses, you know, it's nice for them to, they, they appreciate Yeah, it. Yeah. And that's the thing like with our business as well is that like when I looked into it, although there were some, there was really considering the amount of businesses and organizations and whatever, anything in a regional market that needs marketing, which is everything, um, all of in 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 ratio to businesses that were going, hey, look, I understand social media and digital marketing, and I also understand what regional business is because I am one as well. And I was like, how is this not happening? So yeah, and like um, my friend Elsa, who is a business mentor, she's originally from regional WA but lives in Perth, but she 
specifically works with regional businesses and travels around to regional locations. She flies up here to Broome to see her clients because she is probably one of the very few metro business owners well, in this state that I know that actually look at the regional market and go, why isn't people supporting Mm. this? Why are they not going up there and seeing these businesses? And she does very well and is highly respected in regional WA because Mm. she makes them a priority. Like, you know, I just don't, I don't, I can't fathom. Yeah. Because I do, one of the other things around this is, you know, people often forget to market to those regional areas just in terms of paid advertising. Like if you're trying to get your get cut through for your products, for example, it's much easier to test it in a regional area often mm-hmm. than it is in a highly competitive space like yes. Melbourne or Sydney or, you Oh, know, my gosh, people don't different. understand the marketing budget is just better return on much investment in these money. areas. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, maybe we shouldn't tell them these secrets. No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, we talked briefly before um, we started and talked about like all the changes that are happening because obviously you train people on social media. I'm a marketing strategist, so I do a bit of mar- social media training, but not to the, probably not to the depth that you do because you obviously do training and reels and stuff like that, which just messes with my yeah. But one of the things we talked about, which I'm sure impacts your clients regionally, but also impacts people everywhere it's just that constant change that's happening on social media at the moment. Yeah. Make it hard for people to keep up, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we're, you know, I'm in this. This is my life. And it's I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, how did, how, how, I'll message one of my friends in America and I'll be like, how did you let this happen while I was asleep? <laughs> <laughs> How could you let this happen? Uh, do you know the worst thing is for me? I use my phone to go to the bathroom because I don't want to wake anyone. So I just have it like I turn the screen on, and yeah. every now and again there'll be a notification on it. I, I try not to look at it, but there'll be like a notification from a like a Instagram person with a major change, and I'm just like, well, I won't be getting back to sleep tonight. <laughs> And then it's like, I think, I think like the exhaustion comes from many different parts of this situation. Like a people constantly trying to keep up with this, you know, do this in content, do this and do this and rah, and it's all coming at them. Then it's trying to wrap their head around the weird cryptic way in which the platform has given, unless I feel like unless it's a direct video from someone from the company, Sorry. it's like an RSL post, yeah. it's written weirdly and you're like, wait, wait, what did that mean? Like, and, you know, it's like they, they leave this semi-crypticness to it because they're like, oh, we're, we're going to tell you but we still want you to figure it out yourself. Then there's all the theories and the hacks that stem off, which is endless. Let's be real. Stem off from this announcement and this is how you handle it and this is what you should do. And like, oh, and then I think business owners just get to the point of like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Because you've got the platform saying this, you've got five people with different theories around everything. And you know, some of them out there at the moment, you're just like, Oh my gosh! Like, okay. no one. Well, we'll never be out of work because we're going no, to have to clean up the red flags. So I've got a dirty little secret that I'm going to confess to you, Tony. <laughs> I haven't yeah. said this on a podcast before. I my biggest. Um, I don't know what, what your reach has been on TikTok, but my most popular TikTok video is at around twenty five thousand views. Oh, none look at you go! Have, well, none of the other ones have been like that. Um, the, you know, the most, the, the, normally I get a couple that are around that four or five, but this one, four or five K, I do better on TikTok than I do on Reels. But uh, this particular one I did was the first day that they announced, this is not the three to five hashtag, that you should only have eight to 15 hashtags. I think and I, I did, saw this. Yeah, and I did this one with that thing, you know, and I just think like, you won't believe this. And I had like this thing and I was like all animated and I did this thing and I'm still getting freaking likes on it and comments. And I'm just like, well, I no longer believe that now. Um, I believe it was a load of cobwash and I feel bad that I ever did that. And I feel, but also I got 25,000 likes. So I don't really care. You know what you could do? You could like, what is it called on TikTok? I always forget, duet. Oh, you I could, could do it yourself. Do that. Oh, yeah. And then oh. when you get 50K views, I expect a shout out. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, do it yourself. Do it yourself and be like, oh, Rachel, seriously, like, <laughs> got overexcited oh, too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, we've talked about this together. Um, a lot of the stuff that comes out may suit a particular type of account. 
but doesn't every type of sound yes and I think you know what though like really don't that that situation you mentioned I think we all saw eight to fifteen and went oh yes but then we all saw three to five and went that's not real yeah I know that's that's what we mean no I'm sorry that's not correct Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and you know and but on that account that it was announced on I think creators as well it's it's what people need to realize or remember if they've already been you know creators is actually kind of aimed at those influencer types like that is what if if they had a customer avatar it's a it's someone who is already an influencer like whether they're getting paid or product Mm -hmm. for whatever and so their information is kind of channeled at those people more so than your average small business owner. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something to remember with that. But also, yeah, it just because mm, I no. think that's one of the things you know. Like it's funny that I've been caught up on this in Instagram because I know it's not true on Facebook. I know it's not true on LinkedIn. I even know it's not true on, on TikTok. But somehow there's this real cult around grow your following to 150k, 200k following cult at the moment on Instagram yeah um you know like I feel like we almost see costumes for it and and this this thing and I have to keep on stepping back from that and going hang on a minute I have a proper business I have a proper business I have employees I have a team I have clients and I don't need 150k followers exactly yes oh my gosh I'm so glad you brought that up as well so last week I had like a little mini biz retreat up here in Broome with a couple of other ladies Elsa and Anna and in mine about Instagram at the end, I one of the points in my Insta don'ts was stop focusing on vanity metrics because they don't yeah. matter. And, you know, it's plain and simple. People that have 150,000 followers, they might be making sales, but they also might not be making sales. There yeah. are plenty of pages out there that have 50,000, 10,000, 20,000. They're not making anything. Like, you know, they'll pretend mm-hmm. to be making something. You can make sales on Instagram with five followers or TikTok five followers. If you are talking to the five followers in the right way, you can make money off the five. So Mm -hmm. you can have a hundred, you can have a thousand. It doesn't matter. Like what matters is that you understand who those people are, regardless of the size of the audience, how to speak to them and how to get them to join your tribe and eventually buy from you. Mm. Not like, oh, I need to get the numbers up before I can make a sale. That's outrageous. Yeah, because I think, like, I know you and I both have the same value around teaching people to show up and, like, be more on the camera and confident. But I think one of the things I struggle with that is there's this whole thing around, am I a brand or am I a business? Am I a business or am I a brand? And I think yep. when you're a business, you're focusing on getting leads and you're focusing on growing that trust so that people will come and yep. do that. When you think of yourself too much like a brand, you forget that and you about start thinking about the numbers. Yeah. You've got yep. to be a business. Absolutely. You've got to be a brandy business, not a businessy yep. brand. Yeah, or like a business with good branding is yes. how I like, you know. And, yeah. um, and that's the other thing is, with um, Instagram, I think, or Instagram mainly just because of the way the grid is. And I think what has actually changed the way people are so obsessed with the grid, you know, and the banner photos people used to do is not, I don't even get me started. Um, but, you know, so now it's kind of got a bit more chilled and people are still stuck between the, am I supposed to be hyper-visual, like hyper-aesthetic yeah. or, and I'm like, there's a big difference between hyperesthetic and branding. And yeah, once you get is. into hyperesthetic, that's when Instagram, that's when social media gets rigid. That's when it becomes, oh, I can't post that because it doesn't fit in with my perfectly curated hyperesthetic. Yeah. Big difference between having good branding, threading a color through there, and just having your whole social media strategy controlled by a look. And let's be real, people are not looking at your profile on Instagram as a whole 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you in feeds. That's how they're discovering you or they're going to a particular piece of content. And I think that hyper-aesthetic is another thing that really drives social media fatigue and burnout because people are like, I've got to keep creating this thing. You know, it just, yeah, Yeah. I think being authentic, focusing on being a business and having quality branding and a great message, that's what it's about. Show up authentically. That's what they want. It's not just that, eh? Like we were talking about this before and we won't mention the person we're talking about, but it's someone who's got quite a big following Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And one of the things we talked about with it is their, what they say they can do in terms of content creation, like that's, 
what we're not looking at is that that person's got a team and that person, this is pretty much all they do. And then, you know, they do luckily say they don't have kids and they, you know, they've got this like mm. all this other time. But quite often we're looking at that. And, and the biggest thing to do is you need to be consistent, but your consistency might be for some people, I prefer people do it daily, but some people, your consistency might be three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I say to clients or anyone that asks me advice on social media and they're like, how often should I be posting? And I'm like, you should be posting at a consistency that you find realistic to maintain that is going to fit in with your life. You're not supposed to construct your life around your Instagram or your Facebook or your TikTok Mm -hmm. posting schedule. Like I know that there are influencers out there and that is their life. But as a small business owner, you've got like a set. We all wear the hats. There's so many hats to wear. And social media is just one of them. Even for those of us in social media, Mm. social media is still just one of the hats. And so, yeah, I think... I think the most successful accounts at the moment that are large are the ones who are truly authentic about how they got there. There are some accounts that are super authentic about their journey and there are some that aren't. You know what I mean? And the most successful ones I feel that are resonating the most with audiences that you see getting really good engagement. And they're the ones that have the 150 or whatever they're making loads of sales because people are going, oh, you're being super, super authentic with with how you got there mm-hmm. and and saying like, you know, this was hard bloody slog because, you know, yeah. for the first whatever months I couldn't afford to get a personal assistant or a VA and and then after a while I could, you know, the, the honesty, it's honesty yeah. and I think that's one yeah. another thing that the last 20 months has done to the world is it's this transparency I think there is too, through. which is exciting, right? Because I, like, I'm really open about the fact I still write all my captions. I obviously do all my own reels, but I have a team. I draw out my, my carousels the way they want, and then one of my team designs them up. So I can most weeks, I haven't done this week, most weeks I can maintain doing a carousel post a day, which is yeah. way beyond what most people can do. But it's literally yeah. because I spend an hour a week drawing them out and then someone else designs them for me. So I, I, yeah. I think it's really important that people know that so you're not going, just do this every day because a small business owner who's only got three hours a week to do their social media, if that, that's not going to yeah. be attainable. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. And, like, I say that to people because they're like, oh, I feel like I should be posting every day. And I'm like, I, I sometimes can't post every day, but I'm quite like transparent. It's generally just me. I have a business partner that does all the stuff that I don't want to do, like all the admin and stuff. He's a bit of a legend and I'm very Perfect. thankful for him being there um, because I'm, you know, I also the creative have that. brain that just. That, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then, then that just leaves me to do the content and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think when people try to, to do this thing that's just not realistic to their their schedule or to their life or to their capabilities, be that whether they have someone to create content for them or whether they're doing it themselves, but they're seeing this post this many times a day or post every single damn day, post on a weekend because there's no one online. Like, yeah, that is true. But sometimes like you don't want to post on the bloody weekend. Like, you know, it's, and yeah, I think, I think what needs to stop happening is that business owners need to stop feeling pressured to be there all the time. Because one thing that I'm noticing, which I'm relaying to my, um, not just my clients, but I did address it in um, a reel and stuff the other week, is that I find if you overdo it kind of thing, it's, it's not paying off. But if you pull back a little bit and just post in a nice consistent way, you actually start seeing better results because I don't know about, we were talking about before, a lot of content is slow burning now. So I feel like if some people are over hammering it, you're kind of just doing yourself and your content an injustice because you're not giving it enough airtime to actually yeah. do something for you. So I think you that's know? a really valid thing to say. Um, I, I actually, yesterday was the first day in over three months that I did not post a reel. Yeah. And it's how did that feel? Was it a bit like, I actually was like, because I've what I have done is I've separated my brand and my business. So I've actually just started an account called I Am Rachel Clava. It's just got, I'm kind of a big deal, Tony. It's got 42 at the present time, 42 followers. So 
I am like, but you can sell to those 42 people because you'll know who they are. Exactly. I do know who they are. I think they're all my mother. Um, but, but, I've got, but what I'm enjoying is is doing one from scratch and kind of yeah. splitting it up. But what it's made me do is I'm going, look, I can't, there's no way I can do daily stuff on both of these accounts. And it's made me more targeted and actually think more like a business on identifying yeah. what's really good, which is, I think, what people have to often do. But the yeah. other thing is it's making me go, actually, at the moment, Instagram doesn't think that I'm all that in a bag of chips So, um, in terms of reels. So if I just drop down to three times a week, I'll probably get more views than if I do it every day. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because I think we all did try because, I mean, there was, you know, 30 reels in 30 days oh, and that's like, another one-way ticket to Instagram. Every day, yeah. you're going to grow your following. Yeah. Well, look, I didn't. So there yeah. we go. And I think, like, that's also a one-way ticket to Instagram burnout. And, I mean, I'm the type of person that unless I think the theory is absolutely outrageous, I will give it a crack. I'll give it a crack too. Why not? Yeah. You've got to report, you know, and I have clients that want to know if it's going to work and how do yeah. I tell them if it works or not unless I try it. So like I say to people when I introduce myself and what I do, I'm like, I'm one of those crazy people that like decides that I'm going to tinker with theories on social media and I get a kick out of the insights. Um, so, you know, we've all tried it. I think I think everyone, every social media marketing person that got right into Reels, um, we've all tried it. And I think we've all stepped back and started doing three to four and going, yeah. actually, that yeah. does work better because I find that then that reel, say, we'll get engagement for the solid 48 hours, say, yeah. between that and the next reel while a static post in the middle or carousel will then also gather and mm-hmm. then that will bring, you know, it's, I think it's not oversaturating it because I think what we need to remember is when they came out and said that we're no longer just a photo sharing app, yeah. the whole world was like, I'm going to make reels exactly. and just boom, like, you know, and it's just been a bit. And so now I feel it's probably, it's better. I mean, it's always better to produce more quality mm. stuff and and in a in a more kind of realistic quantity to be creating and consuming. Yeah. For me too, like I decided, because you like you are amazing at transitions, like you are pretty much the transition queen when it like anyone I follow uh, like you people listening, please go and follow Team Social Project if you're on Instagram because um honestly the transitions are great. You'll get really inspired, but it's not my thing. And but what I realized was I love talking to camera and doing things like that. And yeah. so my reels aren't getting these thousands and thousands of views, but my reach has grown by 35% since I started doing yeah. reels that suit the way I am. And I think that's yeah. the other thing is that you need to use the platform the way the platform wants to be used, but you also need to use it with a blend of how you work best. Exactly, because so many people, and because I love, I love the video content. Yeah, I was a bit like, oh, when it first came out, I think of also because of what TikTok started as. It yeah. kind of was like, oh, do we go down the path? Do we not go down the path? Is it you know, and eventually I was like, that's it, I'm doing it. And once I started doing it, I was like kicking myself for not starting sooner, kind of thing. But I think people go, you know, I have people that come to reels workshops that I run here in Broom, they're like, I want to make them, but I don't want to dance. Or like, I want to make them, but I don't want to do this. And it's like, well, don't, don't yeah. do that. I love like, that. what would you, what would you like to do? If you want to dance though, don't let me stand in your way. I'm a dance teacher outside yeah. of this job and, and I'm all for the dancing. But if that's not who you are, don't do it. And I had a friend who she didn't want to, she was, you know, and you know, there is a big, there was a big push against the mm-hmm. whole, I don't want to do this trending stuff. I'm not going to make reels. But then that friend realised she actually really likes doing those tongue-in-cheek, lip-syncing, you know, monologue things and kills it now. She only makes them every, like, couple, you know, one a week or two a month or something. And she kills it because she, her facial expression, and it suits her because she is renowned for being a sassy female entrepreneur with a bit of a potty mouth. And so she does these things and her audience is like, yes, yes, because that is you, like, you know, and it it works for her. You just got to find something that works for you. fits for you. 
and do it. And it doesn't matter. It's kind of like I, I was listening to um, Mike McCallowitz, who I'm a bit of a fan of. He's He's got a brand new book about how you got to be weird in marketing. And what he said is different is doing more of you. Yes, absolutely. How magic is that phrase? It's going to be a real. If you do something you like, right, yes. if you're going to enjoy it, and then yeah. you will find sticking to being consistent with that easier. Mm, absolutely. Because you're like, I love to do this. And I enjoy doing transitions because I find it so satisfying when I can cut it together and go, yes, yeah, that you works. And then I like doing the lip syncs as well because some of them are hilarious or it's like a movie I love or a TV show I love or something that I relate to. And I like, so they're probably my two favourite ones and I yeah. love to make my tutorial editing together in the yeah. phone screen ones and they're the three styles I tend to stick to now and they you know I get engagement off them I see people because you know that's the other joy of being in a regional town when you start to make these videos someone will come up to you in Woolies and be like saw your latest reel it's real good I went to the bottle shop yeah like I, I have to and they're like I saw you on TikTok yeah <laughs> I remember a day we went out for brunch and I kept on getting stopped by people going past going, oh, Rachel. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this guy in the bottle shop the other week, like, oh, I saw your TikToks. They're really good. They're so funny. And then the other guy's like, oh, what's her TikTok? I was like, I do marketing (laughs) tips. It's probably not really your vibe, but by all means, join my tribe. (laughs) It's hilarious. Also, I also think that it becomes really strict, tricky if you're like buying five bottles of vodka while the- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I need this to get through my next absolutely, session. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Tony, this has been um, a complete pleasure, and I think we've been a little yes. bit off what I wanted to talk about, but I've really enjoyed it, so I don't care. Um, I feel like <laughs> it's been good conversation, but I we did address too. what we wanted to address, just we extra. did, they got but extra flavor. We did get extra flavor, that's what that's all what you're all about really if people want to get hold of you especially if they've got a regional based business um and, I, and i'm not saying just you could have a new zealand client come out of that too you know but if you've got oh, a regional yeah. based business and you're wanting to have that help around that like how do they get hold of you so they can either connect with me on instagram send me a dm there or send an email to me which is tony at socialproject.com.au um, that's my direct email and yeah we can chat I like to have stuff in writing because then you can kind of have yeah, a look go and have a look at their yeah. social media yeah and you know just get the conversation going from day dot so yeah send me an email or send me a message on Instagram always happy to talk about and do you anything. have a coaching program that you do with group or do you prefer to work one-on-one yeah, so I do one-on-one coaching. I can also do um, group coaching that's in person and like say via a Zoom if it was, you yeah. know, a whole team of people. Um, and then I have an online learning program, which is the Regional Biz Academy. So they get an email lesson every week on, you know, we know it changes all the time. So my my lesson plan is ever evolving. Oh, They're always keeping me on my toes. But, you know, it's, you know, a lesson a week via email followed up by the following Tuesday. I do a live video, which then stays in a group for a month. So there's a couple of options. I think my main aim in the niche I'm in was to make myself as accessible as possible, whether you live in the centre of town or whether you live on a cattle station or something in the middle of absolute nowhere, as long as you have an internet signal, even if it's a little bit dodgy, it's fine. I understand mine's dodgy half the time too. (laughs) So Um, is mine. (laughs) Yeah, we can connect and I can provide my services. So, yeah, that's that's the number of ways that we can work together. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for being on Thanks for having me. See you later. Tony was such a great person to chat to because she's incredibly passionate about working with regional business owners who do have a unique needs and and different shifts compared to working in a larger city organisation where there's a bigger population base. There are some advantages with a regional business. Often the competition is lower and it's really important that we we recognise that. But also... The, the group that you're marketing to is also lower, so sometimes it does limit the ability to grow. And there can be issues with supply or getting staff and other things that are much harder to deal with in a regionally based business than it would be for working in a larger city. 
we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you some questions to help you if you do have a regional business. But first, I'd like to tell you about next week's episode. It's me and I'm talking a really personal story about how I lost and then rediscovered my brand voice in 2021. If you follow me on social, you may not have noticed it yourself. Uh, I have been very busy and prolific in my social. But about a month ago, I realized that I had completely lost the special part of me that makes me me. And I was quite upset about it, to be honest. So I'm going to share with you how it happened, why it has impacted my brand and what I'm doing to fix it. And so for those of you that are struggling with personal brands, this will be a great episode for you to listen to. Right, let's ask those questions for working on regional businesses. So the first thing is, remember that community is super important. You want to get high levels of engagement on all your marketing, and you want to really focus on that one-to-one community building in terms of face-to-face marketing, networking groups, and being involved in your community. It's hard for us if we're introverts, but this is really important if you're wanting to market in your local area. Local marketing is often very relationship-based. Make sure that even if your business is national or global, that you still build those relationships with others because they will help you build a presence in your local area that can protect you if things suddenly change, like COVID and other things that can come in that, that don't cause a bit of a ruckus for us. Digital marketing can work super well for regional businesses, and it's really important if you're using it to know your objectives. You might not ever need high follower numbers, so you should not look at vanity metrics like how many people like your Facebook page. What we want to have is a really engaged community of people who adore you, adore your products, adore your services, and want to talk to you and engage with you. And for some of you, that might be 100 people. So don't freak out about those metrics around like big follower numbers. If you're a locally-based business, that isn't as important. And use your social media to interact with people, find ways to do that. Don't discard things like email marketing. Use all those tools, but use them with a focus of building relationships with people in the regional business. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do subscribe if you'd like to hear further episodes from us. Uh, Rate and review on the podcast helps other people trust our business and trust our podcast more. And also, I hope you enjoy and tune in for next week. I'm so looking forward to sharing with you my story. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.